1: And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening.
0: Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Lane Podcast Network, and here today I've got a great friend, game master and writer extraordinaire, John Paul Reed. Hey, John.
1: Hello, hello. Hi, James. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm very excited. There's a lot going on, and uh, I'm just excited to be here and uh, ready to share everything that's going on. Shall I just jump right into it? Or?
0: Well, I definitely want you to go ahead and talk about the new installment to the Medford Family Chronicles that's coming out next month or the, or March or April
1: yes uh here's here's the plan with that my fourth book academic mayhem the medford family chronicles volume four uh, that uh it is all set we just need to do final editing now i wanted to mention that my publisher patty Holstrand, is undergoing major kidney surgery this coming week and uh, i want everybody to please keep her in the thoughts and prayers and uh, once she's up and about again we'll be able to finish the final editing the original target date for Academic Mayhem was in March, I think realistically it will be possibly May, very, very definitely June or before.
0: So uh, since there's going to be a bit of a delay, is there any teasers that we might be able to see on your Facebook page?
1: Yes, indeed. The book, th- This book is set about 26 years after my last book. One might call it the uh, next generation of... Characters that were mentioned briefly in my previous third book, *The Pivotal Ruckus: Bedford Family Chronicles*, Volume Three. Sudden, suddenly, these children are suddenly the stars of the new book. And uh, yes, uh, I, have, I have some crossovers, and I can promise the triumphant return of our uh, everybody's favorite purple dragon, Eldaria uh, sharpclaw <laughs> A.K.A. Grace Hamilton. <laughs> I just wanted to say one thing I'm really excited about, James, and I really hope my readers get into this. Book four, Academic Mayhem, will have my first dungeon crawl. My first three books were all very political and uh, uh, very deep deep and detailed role-playing, but none of them actually had adventurers getting together to fulfill a quest, running around in a dungeon. (laughs) Finally, in book four, we will finally have a group of adventurers running around in a dungeon trying to rescue a, uh, a kidnapped seven-year-old little girl. <laughs> so I'm just thrilled to pieces. I, I think it's come together very nicely. And once once that book is out, we uh, we have several plans with my company, Palomar Adventures, LLC. We're thinking of doing a series edition, you know, where uh, you could actually get a box set, if you will, of all four books. And uh, Let's see, I don't want to spoil anything else,
2: but uh,
1: <laughs> let's see. What else could I say about Book 4 without spoiling anything? Well, the Game Masters University, this concept I have uh, for a college-like setting for university students learning all sorts of magic, psionic, plane travel, things like this, the Game Masters University is very much developed in Book 4. In fact, the uh, the original title for Book 4 I kind of wanted the uh, Game Masters University Freshman Student Handbook. <laughs> so it was pointed out to me that, that all of my other books have two-word two, two titles, so I should continue <laughs> with that. So that's where we came up with Academic Mayhem. <laughs> and by the way, this fourth book, we actually get not only do we get a dungeon crawl, we actually get some multi-dimensional travel and combat. We uh, the nine hells, dimensional planes will get involved, and uh, we'll even have a character uh, entitled a character known as uh, Emperor Lucifer Satan. <laughs> 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 let's just say, let's just say, to, uh, pun intended, we're gonna have a hell of a time.
0: <laughs>
1: oh dear, that's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, okay. hey, uh, hey uh, I mean, anytime you get the Game Master University involved, I mean, what, their mission is to explore the multiverse and find new games.
1: Exactly, uh, to augment and increase their own powers, technology, and knowledge, and mm-hmm. uh, and magic. <laughs>
2: so,
1: uh, it kind of reminds me, if anyone here is a, a Babylon 5 fan, a science fiction show that was very popular in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, it, it remind, uh, the Game Master's University reminds me a lot... Of the Psi Corps from Babylon 5, the
2: where his uh, mother, you
1: Nakor know, is father, The is father. <laughs> ah ah ah! GMU is mother, GMU <laughs> is
2: father.
1: <laughs> Game Masters University, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's sort of like, hey, you want power? Hey, you want magic? Hey, you want training? Hey, you want to, you want to rule your own little, uh, your own your own tower, your own dimension, your own planet? That's great. We'll help you. Just do as we say. (laughs) Just do as we say. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, uh, talk about teasers. Beyond academic mayhem, my company, I hope, will really branch out in the coming 12 months. Uh, There has been uh, some call for more maps and more detail of mm-hmm. the Palomar and dimension. Uh, everyone who's read my book, map of the continent of Palomar or the Palomar and continent. Uh, there are actually two more other. There are two more surface continents on the planet, and of course the underdark. <laughs> kind, of, kind of hard to have a planet without an underdark.
2: You
1: know? <laughs> so, uh, okay. uh, I what we're thinking of is a three pronged idea. First off, I'd like to pull together a good old-fashioned gazetteer slash atlas
2: palomar nice.
1: adventures atlas mm-hmm. if anyone remembers the uh age-old world of greyhawk maps and gazetteer, or uh, the forgotten realm setting this would be similar to that where uh, maps would be published with uh with uh little paragraphs and explanations of the history, geographical features, uh, countries, rulers, that sort of thing. And uh, also, I have in mind something very ambitious. Uh, I'd like to produce modules for actual gaming in the Palomaran dimension. Now, sadly, um, it's too expensive to get licenses for 5th edition D&D to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, when and I love Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, but uh, they insist that if you're going to write modules for them, they have to be set in either Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms. To set my adventures in Palomar or in the Palomar and Dimension, uh, I would have to set them up in such a way that they could be applicable for any game system.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you got you got to remember what Gary Gygax once said. He he once said. Never ever tell the game masters they really don't need any rules. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: so,
1: uh, so, uh, uh, what I hope to do is produce modules for uh, for, uh, first through third level, uh, fifth through eighth level, uh, ninth level through twelfth level skill level adventures. Uh, again, the, uh, Dungeon Masters or the Game Masters would be given discretion on uh, what what systems to use, whether they want to use uh, GURPS, whether they want to use 3.5 D&D, whether they want to use 5th edition, whether they want to use uh, uh, Pathfinder or other systems. They'll be able to use the modules that we provide with the stories, with the encounters, with the plans, with the, oops, how did that happen? Ha ha ha. You know, all that fun stuff that... Uh, dungeon masters provide their their players but things like armor class hit pulling all that technical stuff will be left open for anyone to use their particular favorite game system am i making any sense here james that, or am i just babbling
0: no that sounds fantastic i mean i know like with I, the, the new genesis system they've got a basic outline to use a fantasy setting and if you have a module that you can just drop into your favorite game system that would be awesome
1: Exactly. And I'll be launching a Kickstarter for this fairly soon, always looking for more investors. And uh, believe it or not, for the last four and a half years, I've been living in Phoenix. For at least three and a half years, I've been running uh, weekly gaming sessions at a local gaming store here in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a fantastic gaming store, Imperial Outpost Games, located in Glendale, Arizona. What have the address with me on Thunderbird Road near 49th Avenue in Glendale, Arizona, which is a part of the greater Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. And uh, the owner the owner, Darren Johnson, he uh, he provides a marvelous marvelous uh store. Uh it actually has three large areas. The first area includes everything that a gaming store should have, modules, books, miniatures, you know, uh, supplements, everything for almost every popular game out there. And by the way, he actually uh, markets my books and actually has my books available there, too. So another reason why this store is so enlightening. Anyway, (laughs) uh, the second area of this store is a huge gaming section, Uh, at least uh, 15 different tables. And we're talking large tables. We're not talking little cardboard tables, we're talking large dining room tables where uh, people. People come and run games every single day, every single evening. We, we play on Tuesday night. Uh, we try to start at 6 p.m. In the three and a half years I've been running games there, I can probably say we, we can still count under 10 times we've had to postpone a session. So we, mm. we're pretty religious about it. Uh, the third section at this store, uh, and I wish I knew more about this, the third section of the store is dedicated to miniatures, uh, Peter miniatures, plastic miniatures, hundreds of different shades of every color. I was amazed. I counted like at least eight shades of blue, you know, with the little paints that they got, yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, you know, all the, all the primer and all the brushes. I, I, I'm not artistic, James. I, I couldn't, I couldn't draw a straight line or paint anything to save my life. <laughs> but, um, uh, at Imperial Outpost games, they have experts who can actually teach, they actually teach people how to do this stuff. And, um, Believe you me, I've seen some incredible uh, paint, <laughs> paint jobs on these uh, wonderful miniatures. Uh, I've heard actually they've got like three different kinds of miniatures. They've got pewter, pl- aluminum, and uh, plastic. And all three of them have their ups and downs with the gaming
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and painting and everything. Uh, I've actually heard that plastic are actually the easiest and the lightest to, uh, carry about and paint. So, uh, well, anyway, I, I just exhausted my knowledge on miniatures. But my whole point <laughs> is, these three areas, the store, vendor area, the uh, player slash gaming area, and the miniatures area, they're all available at Imperial Outpost Games where anyone involved in our arcane subculture, anyone with that uh, sophistication and uh, imagination would, uh, <laughs> would have a blast there. <laughs> Not to mention, also, they have every board game available from uh, chess right up to card Against Humanity and many other many other board games, card games. I think they even have some computer and video games, I think,
2: Ooh, uh, nice. available.
1: Anyway, um, so what I'm trying to say is, let, let alone the last four years, I've been playing games. I've been playing fantasy role-playing games, F- FRPGs, fantasy role-playing games. I've been playing these for easily 40 years now. I've got hundreds of different adventures that I could create with module. What I really need, and I'm always saying this, I'm always looking for artists and I'm always looking for investors. Uh, We we live in a crazy world where money is necessary for uh, many wonderful things like this. And you know, as well as I do, James, the more, the more fundraising, the more funds that we have, the more products we can provide for people. Which leads me into the next topic. I hope I'm not overwhelming people with all the exciting things that my company has coming out, but these are what we've got planned. In addition to uh, modules and an atlas for Palomar, we're also thinking of doing a calendar. Now... You know as well as I do, uh, Boris Vallejo has been doing fantasy calendars for literally decades now, and I keep thinking, I keep thinking, if he can do it, why can't we? We just need to,
2: <laughs> we just need
1: to get the right images of, uh, you know, scenes from uh, my my four books now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why not pull a calendar together?
0: Oh, heck yeah. I mean, and your artwork, I mean, it's, the cover artwork is gorgeous. So, you know, I, you guys got to have a few more, you know, pictures sitting around that weren't able to make it to the covers that we would love to see that.
1: Yes. Palomar and Adventures LLC. We've been very, very fortunate. We have two marvelous Zenescope comic book artists who've been uh, producing our covers for the last two or three years now. Uh, Chris Bennett and David Delante. Uh, Chris Ennett is the pencil sketcher, meaning he he designs the whole piece of art. You know every uh, every material object you'll see. Mm -hmm. And then David Delante, from the way I understand it, David Delante is the color artist. Not not only does he do the colors for everything, he does the shadings, the the shadows. Anyway, we've had these guys uh, with us for quite a while. Uh, And uh, yes, I've I've consulted them with all of our artistic needs. We're always looking for other artists as well to help augment what they're doing. And uh, good heavens, uh, (laughs) there's something else. Uh, There's one last thing, well, two things I want to talk about also. The next two books coming up after Academic Mayhem and an idea that my company has had since our inception. Let's see, which, which would you like me to go in first? Yeah. I
0: I would definitely like to hear about the next two books.
1: Okay. The next two books rather interesting. The next two books, the next book will actually be a genre change. Da da boom 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 boom, <laughs> boom 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 boom. A genre change. Um yes and no. Uh okay for uh, the, my first four books are definitely high fantasy novels in the Palomaran dimension. Book five, or really book one, as it's intended in its own series, is going to be a supernatural shoot 'em up western, wild, wild west. In this in this case, though, I know a lot of people have zombies and vampires and uh, and werewolves running around, being shot at by sheriffs and uh, Native Americans and Chinese railroad workers and other groups. How about some succubi? How about some succubuses or succubi running around the Wild West, getting into trouble, causing mayhem, uh, and then uh, uh, a big a big. Uh, uh, either a Mayan deity or possibly a, t- a Tlingit Native American deity, uh, causing more trouble for everybody. And uh, all of these disparate groups, um, uh, former African slaves, Chinese railroad workers, uh and immigrants uh native Americans and of course the uh the the irish and uh, all all of the other quote unquote white immigrants you know all of them will have to work together like oh crap, we gotta deal with this uh we, we gotta deal with this strange powerful deity that's threatening us all
2: <laughs>
1: uh-huh. so so uh, and guess what I have a title for this book you ready
2: uh-huh.
1: okay, crossed targets Ooh, <laughs> crossed targets. The Brody Flint Saga. Brody Flint is my Western hero. He is a former outlaw turned town marshal of all things, which surprisingly happened. Well, many many of these outlaws in the in the 1800s in the West, after they after they got out of prison, uh, they 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 became marshals and sheriffs. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, the the whole crux of book five, and I can say this without giving away anything, uh, and again, book one in this new saga, mm-hmm. the whole crux of this would be like, would be Brody Flint uh, yelling at, a, at an angry mob, uh, you know, uh, saying, hey, how the heck was I supposed to know that my girlfriend was a demon?
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> These things, they do happen. You know? Yeah, I mean. Well,
1: I know no. Anyway, anyway. Um, so okay, I, I, that that would be the uh, the general, the the general part of uh the story for book five. I've been playing with the um, series title again, the Brody Flint saga. I was also thinking Cross Targets, How the West Was Enchanted, <laughs> or cr- Cross Targets, How the West Was Enforced, or Spellbound, <laughs> How mm-hmm. the West Was Spellbound. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, again, that, that's what I've got cooking for book five slash book one in this new saga. Now, without spoiling anything again, I was thinking of having a succubi or a succubus mm-hmm. uh, from each one of the major groups, <laughs> again, the, each of the major groups I mentioned. And uh, <laughs> one one of them might even be an errant succubi from Palomar who uh, had, tra- having tragedies like a lot of her friends being uh being uh chased down and hunted down and dealt with and, uh she's thinking of trying something new hey why don't i just jump into this uh uh why don't i just jump into a random dimensional portal and see where i end up hence the wild west so i just gave i just gave away the prologue anyway, so. <laughs> hey sometimes
0: so, uh, you have I, to sometimes you have to beat feet and make a hasty exit right so uh Anyway, um,
1: and hold that thought because she may want to end up returning back to the Palomar and dimension after, after, <laughs> after running around the West for a while. You're like, okay, time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay, that's book five. Do you want to hear about book six?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> now, book six is very near and dear to my heart. And what's really, really funny about this is that book six will be a return to Palomar. But this time, it will be a new series in the past. <laughs> and, uh, would you believe the, the plot for Book 6 was outlined between me and one of my executive board members and a very, very dear friend? His name is uh, John McDougal. He and I came up with the plot for Book 6 all in one summer evening, just <laughs> bouncing ideas back and forth. And uh, what will be interesting about Book 6 is... Until now, I've been writing on the predicate or the plan that I would be writing for ages 12 and up. The idea being that uh, you want to get as many of the uh, young adults as possible. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, let's face it. There's certain things you really can't go into detail about uh, when you're writing books for younger kids.
0: Yeah, with with the young adult stuff, Um, there are some limits
1: right and uh and hey uh that and that's perfectly okay. that's fine.
0: I'm thinking now of something a little
1: more adult. This would be a book definitely for ages fifteen and up, and I'm thinking of doing a romance, a real not i mean yes i've had uh I've had many plots in my book and and even major plots with a romance um some of you may remember. My um, big romance between uh, an imperial guardsman, the commoner imperial guardsman Nicholas Armand, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, his, uh, and and his and the, the uh, lovely fetching princess Christina Medford. <laughs> so, hey, that was that was a major plot in book one and book two. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, uh, I, without giving anything away, with book four, guess, guess who's the emperor now? Nick <laughs> Armand. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Uh, moving forward um, with book six. I will even I I will even give you the title and I will even give you the plot. Ready? Mm-hmm. Book six. How's this for a title? Unexpected Entanglements: Palomar mm-hmm. and Legends and Heroes, Volume One. So again, <laughs> this is back in Palomar, but it's it's in the past. It's like maybe a thousand years before Book One. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I love unexpected entanglements, because it, it hints at all sorts of uh, e- evil sex stuff and uh, ooh, ooh, entanglements. <laughs> you know, there, there I elaborate. <laughs> okay. uh, and here, here's the plot. Um, I was thinking, my, my friend John McDougall and I, we were just talking. We were like, what would be the most unlikely pair of lovers anyone could possibly imagine? and yeah we were we were joking, of course, like what what would happen if Adolf Hitler and Moses had a homosexual relationship you know it it just doesn 't work right? mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we were thinking something a little more interesting we were thinking, how about A dashing and handsome, lawful, good male paladin, a a hero, a veteran of wars, a a nobleman who wants to save the weak and uh, preserve life, Uh, uh, this handsome, dashing paladin. Uh, His working first name is Drusus for now. But uh, anyway, how about getting Drusus entangled with an evil, corrupt, decadent, sexy, seductive paladin? What is an anti-paladin? They stand for everything paladins do not. Chaos, evil. Uh, they want to harm people. They only care about their own interests. You know, oh, oh, a billion people are going to die? That's fine, just as long as I'm the empress. right? You know. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be fun? And I've got a working title for uh, the anti-paladin as well. Her name would be Jalen, or at least her first name, Jalen. So how about Drusus and Jalen falling in love? <laughs> Uh, every, every, uh, I, I, could, I can just imagine a scene with a, a lawful, good, and noble king and queen. Oh, how do we rescue our paladin? He's in the clutches of that evil anti-paladin. Only the gods know what wicked and evil torments she's subjecting him to. Right? And,
2: uh-huh. Well,
1: <laughs> you, you can see where I'd be going with that. You see? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, again, yeah, they're they're all uh, John McDougall and I. We tracked out the entire book in about five hours oh, wow. <laughs> we got we got we got the everything from beginning to the climax to the end <laughs> i 'm not going to give this away, but in a lot of my books, I think most of my readers realize in a lot of my books, I have love conquering all love always seems to uh get people to do the right things and get the get them to do the uh, things that benefit everyone and you know love love usually <laughs> you, love usually uh defeat people 's problems now in this book, that might not be the case <laughs> if anything the uh love affair between Drusus and Jalen would only get would only make things more complicated how uh, as an as an evil anti paladin how do you how do you justify to your uh, to your deities? like, you know, when they're like, why are you messing, why are you romantically involved with that paladin? And oh, well, I'm trying to corrupt him. I'm trying to gain his trust and then at the supreme moment I'll betray him and shatter his world, right? And vice versa. The lawful good deity is getting on the paladin's case. You know, how how can you be romantically involved with this evil anti-paladin? And what would he say? He'd, he'd play Luke Skywalker. There's good in her. I felt it. I can bring her around. <laughs> you, you, you see, again, there's, there's just endless fun i can have with this <laughs> oh
0: okay all right. after all love will conquer uh, all or love will make you drive off a cliff by accident
1: right. or love will make you do things that you otherwise otherwise would never ever do
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, imagine an anti-paladin performing a heroic and good deed or say a paladin performing an evil, horrible, harmful deed, you know, uh, <laughs> or, 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 and well, with a throw in a little adult sex and bondage, I mean, you get all sorts of fun stuff. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, eventually, who knows? They actually might have children. How would they end up? You know, split personality? You know?
0: <laughs> I, I got it from I, my mama.
1: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> no, I got it from my daddy.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Anyway, um, these are the books that I have coming up, and I've already mentioned the modules and the gazetteer and even the calendar we'd like to try. There's one other project that my board and I are very, very excited about. And um, b- before I move on to this, is there anything you'd like me to elaborate on with what I've talked about so far?
0: I think at the end, I was going to ask you about each you know, book one, two, and three to, to give one little yeah. catchphrase to hook people into.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, book one, Reckless Ambitions, mm-hmm. the Medford Family Chronicles, Volume One. Try, try to try to imagine where uh, anything wrong does go wrong with four very ambitious, greedy, selfish brothers all ready to destroy the entire empire just so long as they win. Right, right. <laughs> so the the catchphrase for Book One is that uh, when. I have it on the back cover, actually. When phenomenal cosmic power encounters reckless ambitions, you know that many, many people are going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ready uh, ready for book two now?
0: Mm -hmm. Bring it on for Capricious Deities.
1: Capricious Deities, the Medford Family Chronicles, volume two.
0: The Civil War
1: continues. And one thing I always loved as a boy, James, I loved reading Classic Greek myths, uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and what do we have there? We have capricious deities using their mortal puppets, if you will, uh, causing mayhem, destruction, and oh my God, how did that happen? <laughs> you know? uh, so again, the title the title speaks for itself. Capricious deities. Uh, the civil war continues and rises to a climax. And anybody enjoying anybody enjoying military stories with a tactics and strategy and uh, uh, Gettysburg-like battle, would certainly enjoy capricious deities. And Mm -hmm. I should point out that all of my books can stand alone. You can read any of them. You don't have to read the first one to get what's going on in the second or the third or whatever. But uh, so the catchphrase for capricious deities is... um, Very simple. I think I have one of my characters saying it. If you're going to worship a deity, you better make damn sure that they're very powerful, or another deity might destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, ready for book three now? (laughs) Now, book three, I admit I attempted a romance, and I think it came across well, but again, it was an unlikely pairing. In book three... We have an evil, powerful, uh, intimidating, awesome purple dragon, an ancient purple dragon that has been around for over 25,000 years. Uh, She has all these powers of magic and uh, uh, has huge piles of fortune just uh, in in her treasury room and, uh, well she's bored she's unhappy every hundred years or so she takes human form goes to a little podunk town over on the next island she gets a job she, she her idea is hey let's have some laughs let's have some some fun no foul no harm just you know let's let, let you know let's have let's have some laughs with these humans uh every hundred years or so mm-hmm. what usually happens somebody discovers who she is the uh Local authorities bring in, bring in famous adventurers and a huge uh, brigade of soldiers to attack the dragon. <laughs> and, uh, usually, usually our our purple dragon, uh, Grace Hamilton, she usually ends up destroying the islands, uh, just defending herself from all of this. Like, oh, crap, here we go again. Right? <laughs> well, what's different this time? This time. For the first time in twenty five thousand years, Kildaria Sharpclaw has a terrible problem. She's fallen hopelessly, passionately, and insanely in love with one of the human farmers in the local town of Dayton. She can't do it anymore. She can't. She can't destroy the town, all of, her, all, of her, all of her lover's friends and relatives, and uh, and they have an evil. Uh, they have a horrible uh, humanoid invasion from the north coming down on them as well. So, uh, Grace Hamilton finds herself in an interesting spot. She's like, oh, crap, I just can't pack up and leave, when, you know, when, when things start getting a little hot or a little questionable. Uh, oh, oh, nuts, i got to <laughs> do something. <laughs> Again, love, love, love definitely conquers all in book three. Uh, I guess the catchphrase for that one, would be uh, would would be uh, something from a Peanuts cartoon I once saw with uh, Linus and Schroeder and uh, excuse me, uh, Lu- uh, pardon me, Lucy and Schroeder. Uh, Lucy would always uh, profess her undying love for Schroeder, and Schroeder would either ignore her or just simply start playing another piece of music, usually Beethoven. And uh, <laughs> one point, at one point, uh, Lu- Lu- Lucy invites Schroeder to uh, uh, her place for tea, and Schroeder comes over, and uh, then she's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like. You invited me, and Lucy replies, "It's amazing how stupid you can be when you're in love." <laughs> a, hence, that would be that would be Kildarius Sharp dilemma. Like, oh dear, <laughs> you know, I just can't walk away this time and let them all die, you know, right? or I just <laughs> I just can't destroy them all and just start over again in a hundred years. I, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, so again, um, all of these books my books one two and three i've been very i've been very blessed i've got some wonderful readers i've got some uh very special people who help me market the book and i also wanted to mention that uh um uh, okay two things one uh samantha kit a marvelous local cosplayer and i'm sorry about the dogs i'm trying to walk away from them oh no, no um, it's
2: okay
1: uh, okay um uh, Samantha Kitts uh, is a splendid cosplayer. She still actually dresses up in cos- in cosplay from my, for the characters from my books. She's done this for all of my premieres, and uh, I'm very, very grateful to her, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting her ready, get, getting doing something special with her for everybody for the next book coming out, Academic Mayhem. Um, now, I also have a lot of wonderful fans. I've got a fine young man... Um, He's only fifteen. Uh, uh, his his uh, Facebook name is Ace Halif, and uh, well, his first name is Michael. <laughs> and, uh, uh, my- Michael actually helps me sell my books to his friends. And uh, I have to admit, uh, the uh, the sales over the last two years have been pretty good. I'm a new author. I've never written anything until about three years ago. Uh, 2015, Reckless Ambitions. 2016. Uh, excuse me. 2014 reckless ambitions, 2015 um, capricious deities, 2016 and 17 pivotal ruckus. Mm-hmm. But uh, with my sales, I'm everyone keeps telling me I'm, I'm uh, things are moving along pretty fast. I've already sold about 1,500 books so far, and that does not include uh, Kindle. Books or uh, the uh, e-books that we have on Amazon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I hope that as we move into the future and as we come out with more and more books and materials, uh, eventually we'll get that uh, telephone call from Steven Spielberg for the uh, three movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay, or maybe the, the, Peter the, Jackson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the, the magical uh, pickup for, from Hollywood—that would be amazing.
1: Yes, that that that's that's what I think every author aspires to now. Everybody wants to be the new J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone 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 wants the Harry Potter contract.
2: You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, but I, well, anyway. I- uh, my biggest my biggest problem is meeting demand is uh, making sure that we have enough printed books available. So uh, when anybody wants uh, when anyone requests a copy through my website or through Amazon, that they are accommodated. Now, fortunately, we've been a- we have been able to do that so far. And uh, I'm also delighted to report that I don't have a huge stack. I- I'm very lucky working with Arizona Publishing and Patty Holston again because I do not have a huge pile of books uh, surrounding my bed. You know, like many many. <laughs> (laughs) people who self-publish they end up with like three or four hundred copies of their books just stacked in their bedroom you know Mm -hmm. uh, uh, fortunately i i don't have that problem but uh, i'm hoping that as we grow uh there'll be more and more demand throughout uh throughout the country for the books that i'm writing
0: definitely i mean and hopefully more and more folks get to meet you at like tucson comic con phoenix comic con and different events around you know around the state and you know anywhere else that you can go out to the conventions and meet them
1: Absolutely. Now I need to, I I want to talk about one more exciting idea. How much time do we have left James? I we, really we don't want m- to go over time.
0: To- we have as much time as you need my friend.
1: Okay. Well, uh, two things I want to mention. I love all of these events. Tucson Mm -hmm. Comic-Con, Tuscon, Phoenix Comic-Con, Amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con, Dev Fair right here in Phoenix. All of these wonderful events and events that we go to. Again, they're fantastic. But uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, Uh, a potential fan once at one of these cons asked me, why don't I have color illustrations in my book? Like... uh, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, he says, you know, every every 25 pages, you'll see a color image in the book. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've tried to explain to him, do you realize that would like triple the cost of my book if I did that? My books are each... 1995 95 at uh, conventions where I can sell them and autograph them, I can actually offer a 25% discount, but only there mm-hmm. uh, at, at events. And uh, so I can sell my books for $15 each. But uh, if I were to add color illustrations and color pictures in the books, <laughs> the, the cover price would easily double. <laughs> and, oh, um, yeah. I,
0: illustrations are not cheap.
1: Right. But uh, now moving on to something I'm very excited about. We have a very ambitious project that I am publicly announcing for the first time. And James, I'm delighted to offer you this exclusive because I'm going to need your help, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Our company, Palomar Adventures LLC, will celebrate its third birthday uh, this coming March 2nd. We will be three years old. Now, we have one more year to complete. Uh, and when we finally turn four years old, that would be on March 10, 2019. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Now, why is this important? Uh, after a business has been in business for four years, they have the option to create a non-profit entity, a non-profit organization that would uh, ben- that would raise money to benefit people for particular causes. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be what would be better, James, than a new literacy? foundation how about this ready the enlightened literacy foundation e l f Elf. Come come, <laughs> come come and come and join the elves in the fight against illiteracy and help us raise money to give books books magazines maybe even comic books to literally give them away to people who otherwise couldn't afford them believe it or not at soup kish- kitchens in prisons in uh, physicians offices in hospitals sometimes people are around sitting around waiting for hours to get their cases dealt with and mm-hmm. they have nothing to read they you know they they're, they're, they're like all oh, oh, wow I wish I had a free book well here you go boom here's a here's a, here's a free book uh, reckless ambitions the Medford family <laughs> See, that would be awesome yeah, I, so this is the idea that our executive board has we plan to launch this new nonprofit organization a uh, twelve months well, thirteen months from now, uh, after March second, two thousand nine, and uh, hopefully with a catchy name like the Enlightened Literacy Foundation, Elf, <laughs> hopefully we'd be able to get some attention and uh, raise some money. Wouldn't it be great if uh, I don't? I don't know if we'd ever be able to afford it, but wouldn't it be great if we could get Lord of the Rings stars Galadriel, Arwen, and Elrond, all of these actors, to uh, do a promo for <laughs> Come Join the Elves and Fight Against illiteracy.
0: Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: That'd be Hugo Weaving. That'd be Kate Blanchett. The idea being that we would create a nonprofit that would be able to apply for federal, state, and local grants. Would be able to host fundraising events. Would be able to recruit volunteers to help us raise money to promote mm-hmm. literacy. I mean, if if everything went well, we could eventually hire we could eventually hire tutors that would offer free reading lessons to uh, children and adults. It's kind of frightening, but uh, uh, would you believe, according to Google? But uh, in the United States alone, forget so the entire rest of the world for a moment. In the United States alone, 18% of adults do not know how to read.
0: <laughs> and that's that's a scary number. I mean...
1: Yeah, that's, al- that's almost one out of every five. <laughs> so, well, anyway, the idea being that um, th- this would be a great way mm-hmm. that our company could uh, raise money for... Uh, causes and people that uh, you know to promote literacy and guess what it would even it, it would even help us uh just give away our books for free wouldn't that be nice
0: yeah i mean that that way it gets you out there and you know people get to enjoy the books I mean because you know if they don't get to see, read the book they don't get to enjoy it
1: right and uh, how can you learn about elves if you don't know how to read <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a really all good quote right, well,
1: anyway, anyway uh james um the, these are all of the ambitious plans that we have uh with Palomar and adventures l l c uh I am certainly honored to have wonderful, wonderful people on my executive board. Shall I name them real quick?
0: Oh by all means
1: yes okay well uh obviously i'm i I do control fifty one percent of the group so i'm I'm the one ultimately responsible blame me, it's my fault <laughs> <laughs> Miss Laura Thompson. Miss Pam Noyes, Mr. John McDougal, Mr. David Hughes, and uh, my sister, Miss jo- Jody Reed, Joanne Reed. We all we all work together on the Palomar and Executive Board. Mm-hmm. We work again with our publisher, Patty Holstrand, in Arizona Publishing, and we also work with uh, our cover artists, Chris Ennett and David Delante. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, Miss Samantha Kitts. Uh, we, all, we all work together to uh, uh, promote our books and offer fun for anyone who wants to uh, read a good fantasy story. <laughs> Finally, uh, this is what I do for fun. I, I enjoy writing. I know, I know. Some, some guys are like, oh, yeah, you need to do bungee jumping. You need to do uh, skiing. Or you need to do uh, you run around hunting. Or uh, you need to do macho cool stuff. Well, I like to write. So whenever I have time, which is very little lately, but whenever mm-hmm. I have time on my hands, I, I just start writing the next book project. And uh, and I'm and as you know, I certainly play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. So and yes, I'm 52 years old. I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not an 18 year old kid who hasn't uh, experienced life yet, and I'm not living in my parents' basements or anything like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what else can I say, James? I'm I've been rattling. Uh, you've been you you are a very brave person, sir. You've been letting me <laughs> rattle on for at least, I don't even know how long, at least an hour, and uh, that's always a dangerous thing because I may go on for another two hours. <laughs> I, have, I have a 12-hour shift beginning, beginning tonight at 11 o'clock, so I hope, uh, so I hope, to, hope to catch some sleep after we're done. <laughs>
0: yeah, I hope you keep the energy <laughs> level high. Uh, one thing yeah. I was going to well, say, because you did cover Palomar and Adventures, and uh, yeah. briefly kind of brought up the Arizona Fantasy Gaming Association, yeah. Uh, yeah. what about your super-secret GM-only group? <laughs> you know, uh,
1: Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, I, I will forever salute and praise him as a genius. Uh, Facebook is a wonderful and free uh, uh, Internet uh, resource. Anyone can use it, and if anyone is careful, yes, I'm constantly changing my password. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if anyone, I mean, if you can avoid getting hacked, I mean, if you can just adhere to Facebook policies, uh, Facebook is a wonderful resource. I've created a new group. It is literally called the Dungeon Master's Secret Society.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, not, not very original, but it, it's definitely expressive. But anyway, <laughs> the idea is uh, anyone who is a Dungeon Master, or a game, or mm-hmm. uh, anyone who may be a secret master over someone. Uh, they're welcome to join us, and the idea is that we all share and discuss a special topic, influence Dungeon Masters and their games. Mm-hmm. How, to de- how to deal with fractious players. <laughs> how uh, how many miniatures should you have? Uh, how, should you design your own deities, or you just, do you just grab the Greek and Norse deities and play with them? Uh, do you design your own adventures, or do you participate in 5th edition Adventure League, you know, where the, uh, the almighty Hasbro Corporation designs the adventures for you, and you just work with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do, you, do you try to make money as a dungeon master? That, that was a recent interesting discussion. There are people out there who actually make money uh selling selling spots or selling games to people where they would play they they would pay a fee to actually play on a internet online game mm-hmm. I have not yet tried that yet I'm I'm almost afraid to because uh my all, all of my players do it for free so <laughs> I'm sort of like Mark Zuckerberg there my own game I'm like it's free and always will be
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, anyway uh this is this is very exciting and all of this I did for free on Facebook Mm-hmm. Uh, I love creating groups. Oh boy, you want to join the group, just send us a, a request. I you know, look us up Dungeon Masters Secret Society mm-hmm. and uh we, we'll pop up, send us a I want to join the group. We'll add you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we again, uh we um we talk about a lot of different issues. I know you've been involved with this, James. What, what do you think right. the best discussion has been so far?
0: Uh, I think the, one of the best ones I liked was the one about deities because, you know, you, you saw the list that I popped out when I saw the conversation. And that's like the short list for my D&D games of the different gods that I like to use in my universes. Right. Yeah, you know, so that way you can, you can see what other writers and GMs have come up with and you can pick and choose and say, hey, I like this concept. I'm going to use that in my game. So that way you've got exactly. this great mixing pot of sharing good practices, and you know, just just getting to share with the you know each other as GMs, you know, the the fun stuff that makes us do what we do when we game.
1: And it, you can always claim later divine inspiration. <laughs> 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 All right, I, I really should stop these awful puns. Some uh, a giant hook's gonna come out from the curtain and yank me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, that's just one of the things we talk about on the Dungeon Master Secret Society. And uh, you mentioned actually the Arizona Fantasy Gaming Association. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best to see if I can get this to take off. It's it's intended as a local organization for Arizona residents. Um, Yes, there are an awful lot of groups out there. The uh, Blue Ribbon Army, uh, Geeky Scenic, and... Mm -hmm. um, many other groups out there that try to do the same thing. But, again, uh, the Arizona Fantasy Gaming Association, anyone can join and anyone can talk about anything related to fantasy gaming, whether you whether you play uh, James Bond uh, secret buy games whether you play uh, uh, science fiction space opera games, whether you play Wild Wild West games, whether you play fantasy games like D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things and, uh, can be embraced and discussed. Now, uh, for the last three years, Arizona Fantasy Gaming Association has been up and running. I think we, I think we, have, I think we have about two hundred members right now. But uh, I'd love to see that go up. And uh, same thing with the Dungeon Master Secret Society. There, that that's a brand new group, and uh, it's funny uh, that that group uh, has only been around two months, and we already have seventy members. So um, <laughs> I, there, there's a definite need out there for. Uh, uh, Enlightened and sophisticated and imaginative people uh, who uh, who actually run. Uh, or, pl- or run games for other people uh, to join and say, hey, I, I need a suggestion. Where do I find this? How do I do this? What what would be a good concept for here? I mean, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that,
1: that's kind of what we do. We brainstorm. Uh, somebody, somebody recently asked how they could bring more intrigue into a Dungeons & Dragons um, uh, game they were planning. And uh, I just simply said, well, hey, if you've got your adventurers running around in the town, have the adventurers come across uh, an item that's uh, hotly pursued by two different thieves guilds. and uh, right there you've got uh, two thieves guilds now harassing the party. Oh boy, we want we want whatever it is they have, and uh, uh, that could launch all sorts of uh, intrigue and role
2: playing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's again a... silly little. But yeah, that's I mean that's a great tool to you know just be able to reach out and just chat with other folks, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys uh, do any conventions that you regularly hit?
1: Well, um, I. I try to hit as many conventions as I can, and uh, I admit I'm uh, I'm sort of the heart and soul behind both groups, the Arizona mm-hmm. Fantasy Gaming Association and the Dungeon Master's Secret Society. But uh, I have to admit I've got some very vocal and uh, excited friends who uh, love to uh, dis- uh, join in the discussions, and uh, I think uh, I think there's a need there. I just hope I can I can provide the the forum, if you mm-hmm. will, for uh, to, to to have discussions everyone Uh, one reason why I write my books because uh, um, I'm sure I've told you the story already how I got started writing books but it was pointed out to me I've got I've got decades of all these adventures just stuffed in a file cabinet Uh, why not why not take some of them and uh, and and write books about them and uh, uh, again at first I was like oh gee that's a silly idea and then the more I thought about it I'm like you know what why not
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a fantastic idea (laughs) Well,
1: well I I I I know I I know I've told this story but um Laura Thompson has always been a, a tremendous help and inspiration. She actually reads and proofreads my books as I write them and uh, she gives me plot ideas and uh, she and her husband Arthur they they're very dear friends of mine out in Peoria, Illinois. And it's amazing. Um I'm sure you've heard this story. Um in in 2000 a long time ago now,
2: in 2012,
1: I was running a game in Peoria, Illinois, in a little store called Just for Fun, and I was running a D&D game. And oddly enough, it was set in Palomar. Anyway, okay, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the uh, Laura Thompson came uh, at the behest of her husband. She'd never played Dungeons and Dragons before, and she wanted to find out what we were doing. I think she was a little worried if we were like, a, you know, some sort of satanic cult something. <laughs> <But> <laughs> she, she came to the game and I was nervous at first, James. I was like, oh no, if she's bored, if she doesn't like it, she'll start working on Arthur not to play anymore. You know, Why, why waste your time once a week at the, with that game? Why not stay home with me and uh, your daughter? Well, the opposite happened. <laughs> Laura Thompson fell in love with it. She loved it. She jumped right into Dungeons and Dragons. This is terrific. This is a wonderful game. Uh, anyway, over the over the next few weeks and months, she was going through my papers. She was looking through all of my books. And, oh, wow, this stuff is just endless. Anyway, she came across a short story that I wrote way back in 2006. That's another story. But uh, I, I just wrote, like, uh, uh, ten double-spaced Microsoft Word pages. You know, n- n- nothing wrong. She came across it, and she read it. And she was like, wow, John, this is terrific.
2: Where's the rest of it? And
1: I'm sort of well, Laura, uh that that that's all there is i i i hadn't written anymore well you know the old saying behind every great man there's a great woman <laughs> nagging <laughs> I mean, uh, urging him on uh L- laura urged me to continue the story and uh so those 10 pages ended up the prologue in chapter one of my first book <laughs> <So> <laughs> now 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 we're in the fourth book and we're working on the fifth and sixth books so um again this is all um this is all uh, very fortuitous and divinely inspired, I think, by uh, Laura Thompson and my friends. I'm very excited about what we're
0: trying to accomplish. Where's, where's the next okay. public spots folks who meet you at?
1: Well, uh, I definitely plan to be at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Uh, that is June 29th. 30th and July 1st in Las Vegas, Nevada at the convention center. I go there every year. I have several friends in Las Vegas, and uh, I hope to be at several events before that. I hope to be at Dev Fair. It used to be called Dev Con, but it is Dev Fair now. All that nonsense about con being a copyrighted word, and I'm sure you heard about that. (laughs) Dev Con is actually done by uh, ASU here in Phoenix, and I believe that's in March. I think it's March 10th and 11th uh, coming up and uh, let's see uh, I think there are two uh, there, there's a Maricopa con that's coming up in August of 2018 that's mm-hmm. actually located in Mesa Arizona uh, run by Jason Youngdale he is the con father for that organization of course well and- I love Phoenix Comic Con. I've never been able to afford a table there, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, usually a friend invites me to share a corner of a table, and uh, I usually, I usually get to Phoenix Comic Con. And uh, hey, well, James, uh, forgive me for being so blunt, but uh, with your help, uh, I hope to go to uh, Tuscon and uh, Tucson Comic Con uh, this coming November. Uh, oh, I, definitely. <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed them in the. Let's see, what else am I doing? Oh. Uh, yes, we are doing a book premiere for Academic Mayhem. We are going to have to delay it. The original date was scheduled for March uh, 17th. It's coming March 17th, Saturday, but uh, we we really need to give my publicist uh, Patty Holstren time to recover from her surgery. Mm-hmm. So I'm I think I think May will be more realistic, or at the very latest at the very latest June. But I, I I'm willing to bet it, it'll be May. I think. Uh, when we premiere Academic Mayhem, and that will also be at Imperial Outpost Games uh, in Glendale, Arizona. And um, Darren Johnson is just the—he—he—he he, he is a wise businessman. Uh, he's a very very good friend, very supportive, and uh, I will I will sing his praises as often as I can on uh, here and anywhere else, along with all of my friends uh, Laura Thompson, Patty Holströn, my artists uh, Chris Ennett and David Delante. And by the way. Someone I forgot to mention until now, Steve Crompton. Mr. Steve Crompton, he's the one who took my uh, marker, my multicolored marker drawing of the map of the Palomar and Continent. He's the one who took it and streamlined it and put it in a black, white, and gray format that uh, now is in all of my books. So whenever you get my book and you open at the very beginning pages, you'll see the map. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Steve, Crom- Steve Crompton took what I had. Oh, I, I designed it. I created it. And, uh, you know, every, everything on that map has a purpose. Um, very much like, uh, uh, Middle Earth from J.R.R. R. Tolkien. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, but yeah, uh, it was Steve Crompton who took my, um, my, uh, well, I admit my app looked like a fourth graders science diorama. It was awful. But uh he took it and made it much more professional. And uh and again I want to sing his praises too. Yeah, he, his company, Flying Buffalo, L L C. Uh Steve Crompton was the original uh writer of uh Grim Two if you're familiar with mm-hmm. those from the old uh, Trap Books, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Grim Traps. He was he was the author of those. And uh he uh, he also worked with um tunnels and souls again his company is called uh, flying buffalo llc Mm -hmm. and uh, again i'm I'm just i know i'm going to forget somebody here james i always do and uh, then i'm like oh nuts i forgot to mention so and so when i was on the podcast i I know i know a lot of i know a lot of amazing people i really do
0: (laughs) see that's fantastic see and if you forget somebody well then we just have to write it down and you have to come back on the show later you know (laughs)
1: Uh, so you you, uh, you know me James you don't have to convince me twice <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I I come on every week if you let me but No 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 <laughs> okay.
2: uh,
1: um and hey um what I don't even know what time it is what time is it um... Uh
0: it is 6:13 Okay,
1: um, I have I have to work a, a, a I have to work a, an eleven to nine eleven p.m. to nine a.m. shift to this tonight, so I would better try to get a little more sleep before I go. All
0: I'll but, definitely um, let you go, I, and hopefully, you get some rest.
1: Thank you, but in the meantime, while Academic Mayhem Book Four is delayed for just a, a couple of months, mm-hmm. I'm excited and I'm very optimistic, and we will have that out. We will have that out before summer. We will have that out before. Um, phoenix comic-con or amazing las vegas comic-con and uh oh gosh they're um I'm sure, I'm sure there are other events I'm going to that I can't remember right now. I will say this, though, that uh, you can always reach me at Amazon.com. I have an author page. My full mm-hmm. name is John Paul Reed, R-I-E-D. Everybody misspells my last name. Uh, you can reach me at my Amazon author, uh, author page. You can also order my books from Amazon. And you can check out our website. Our website, oddly enough, is www. Palomarin Adventures LLC. Palomarin. P A L A M A R A N. Palomarin Adventures. Though no, no LLC for the website, just PalomarinAdventures.com. Uh, You can also purchase my book at Imperial Outpost Games in uh, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Drawn to Comic in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, uh, There we go. Two people I forgot to mention. uh, uh, Ken and Susie Brown, the owner of Drawn to Comics. I I go there every week to get my comic book. Awesome. (laughs) They sell my books as well. Uh, Samurai Comic out in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Justin is the manager out there. I'm blanking on his last name, but uh, he has my books as well. And and one or two other enlightened bookstores and comic book stores and uh, uh, gaming stores. Uh, Oh, Les Tanner and his wife, uh, Janice Tanner, uh, and uh, they they have a brand new store out in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, I hope I'm remembering this. I hope uh, it's a game, games, games fair. Oh, dear. I'm trying to remember the name of their store. okay. Uh, but uh, but yes, uh, again, all of these people they help me market my books, and I I just hope I can distribute my books more and uh, get more media attention uh, because again I I'm waiting for Steven Spielberg to call me with that movie contract
2: you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> or so, someone like him but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, well anyway what what else can I say James I'm honored to be on your show please send me the link as soon as you can and. Um, Again, thank you very, very much. And me talk about all the exciting, crazy ideas that I have. I just, I, I just, um, I hope people find all this stuff exciting. And uh, I'm excited. I, I hope I'm looking forward to delivering on all this stuff because I think it's all very possible. And uh, who knows? Uh, we, we may do a lot of good once we get the nonprofit started next year.
0: <laughs> oh heck yeah. That's, that's going to be great uh, to see how things go.
1: <laughs> well, hey, uh, do you have any other questions for me, or is there anything else you wanted to ask?
0: Uh, no, that pretty much covers my questions, because I just want to know where else we could find you here in uh, the convention circuit, as well as in uh, yep. Phoenix and Tucson. And definitely, I can't wait till uh, we get to run into each other next time.
1: Awesome. And, uh, hey, um, I also sometimes go to cosplaying events. The uh, Arizona Cosplayers Association and uh, uh, Samantha Kitts' organization, K-I-T-T-S, Samantha Mm -hmm. Kitts. um, And, uh, oh, Denise Denise uh, Caliban. I never pronounce it. Caliban. Well, uh, again, uh, look me up on Facebook. I can refer you to many different wonderful groups that uh, all have something to do with scenic and uh, all are connected to our very special arcane (laughs) subculture. Again, uh, contact me directly at uh, www. com or contact me on Facebook. And uh, maybe I, uh, anyone anyone who hears the podcast just mention that you've heard the podcast. I'll give you the twenty five percent discount, and my books then are fifteen dollars each. And uh, book four, Academic Mayhem, that will be out in the coming month. Uh, we mm-hmm. just have to uh, when Patty recovers, and then we have to do final editing. So uh, and. Um, Again, James, thank you very much for a splendid afternoon. I'm always delighted to visit with you. Um, Please call me again soon and uh, send me the link, and have a wonderful week.
0: (laughs) All right. You have a great week as well, my friend, and thank you for being on the show.
1: Take care, buddy. Bye-bye.
0: All right, guys, and like always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, uh, just check out the show notes. I'll make sure those links as I can that we brought up, and that way everybody gets the sharing and the good times and the fun. And, hey, guys, remember, keep playing, gaming, and reading.
3: On the battlefield, I'm a warrior ready to kill or be killed. I've defeated orcs from the north, sent Kandorian demon spawns back to the depths, and drank with Sumerian heroes. But when I get back from a hard day of disemboweling my enemies, I enjoy nothing more than to open my castle doors and find a dungeon crate as my reward for blood well spilled. <laughs> Designed for role players and tabletop gamers, Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service with a treasure hoard of loot you can use on or off the battlefield. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG, jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So what say you? Are you ready for postal glory? Oh boy. DungeonCrate.com
0: Hey guys, Jim here from Creative Plan Podcast Network. Just want to let you know on our Facebook page, we'll be posting soon that we've got a Kickstarter that starts this week, the week of February 12th. Go ahead and go to facebook.com slash creativeplanpodcastnetwork. Jump on in the conversation. Let us know what it is you'd like to see as rewards. Let us know uh, basically what you guys would like because we want to make sure we're sharing and making you guys part of the show. So come on to our Facebook Live, join the conversation, and check out Kickstarter It'll be for D&D Journey of the 5th Edition's 2018 season, but you know how that always bleeds over to all our podcasts because it's all one big family network. So come on, check it out. Let us know what you're interested in because, hey, you're part of the show too because we make this so we can listen to it and you can listen too. All right, guys. Thank you for listening.